Hello everyone and welcome to uh, episode 17 of the Cultiverse podcast. We're back after a fairly long hiatus. We are, yeah. We've got a slightly different recording setup. We're, uh, we've upped our game. We've mm-hmm. upped our, our podcasting skills. Yeah, up from one mic to two. We've got to one, one to two, you know, it's doubled. We've Pretty doubled. exciting stuff. The quality of this podcast has doubled, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. and double nothing is still nothing. But um, as always, I'm Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm double the Tom. <laughs> and this week we'll be discussing the fantastic film that was The Cloverfield Paradox, which launched its way onto Netflix following the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> we will be discussing a film called The Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox, yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we attended a, a little screening of this uh, mm-hmm. with big boy J.J. Abrams and director's uh, director, I don't know who his name is, I've completely forgotten. Um, but, you know, there were, there were the director was there <laughs> and the cast was there. And they seemed as shocked as we were that it just uh, launched onto Netflix so quickly mm. with uh, with little little kind of uh warning given yeah i think they were only made aware of the even the film's name fairly close to the time of release as well i yeah. think they I were think... sort of told that day oh by the way it's called the cloverfield paradox and it's coming out later today yeah. after the super bowl they kind of they, they kind of uh, during the during the q a session we were at they kind of hinted that how great a surprise it was and all this mm. but, um I don't know how much of that was kind of suppressing their anger that they did not get a full kind of theatrical release. At least one of them. Was it uh, David Oye? Uh, Oye Lave? How? I can't. I can't. <laughs> After a great stuff, Oye Um the kind of actor who plays uh, like the captain of the ship. Keel. Um, sorry. Keel. Yeah. Keel. Keel. Yeah. That's his name, um, name. But yeah. Is uh, he particularly seemed to be well without trying to put words in his mouth, sort of suppressing a bit of that. I'm not sure how happy he was at this new format kind of for the film to be coming because it it did mean that what was going to be a release you know to go on the big screen didn't except for our screening didn't end up being on the big screen you know it's yeah it's and you've new... got to wonder how much of that was um them trying to kind of stave off that very bad uh critical <laughs> condemnation and uh trying to trying to get it get as much bang for their buck as they could uh mm. given the fact that it likely probably would have been met with fairly negative reviews, um, as it sort of was, seemingly from a lot of critics on the day after so it. That, that may have been a, maybe actually may have been quite a smart business decision. Especially um, if you look at, um, is it the Will Smith film that came out last month? Bright? Right now, that did it again got another critical thrashing, but I think it had something like eleven million views in the first three days or something crazy like that. So it does show you can get an audience for a film that might take a real beating and you know commercially not do that well when you're asking people to pay here let's say 12 pounds or something for a mm. ticket if you've if you're paying an eight pound subscription it's just a part of it then you're a bit more willing to try you know these movies especially if they've got big names like will smith or in this case google um and beth of um you know that's going to draw people to it without having to pay a lot for it so maybe I don't know, it's going to be a talking point going forward, but it's going to be interesting to see where that business model continues yeah, to... Yeah, and Bright's, Bright's going to have a, a sequel, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. And I think I saw another film called Extinction with uh, Michael Penner out of Ant-Man's, just mm. been sort of a sci-fi comedy, has just been drafted over from Universal to Netflix as well. So And Annihilation, the new film from yeah. the ex, uh, ex Machina directors doing the same thing. It's internationally, outside of the US, is only releasing on Netflix, so... It's interesting. 
But yeah, I mean, I think Netflix. I think I saw an article similar along the similar lines, but they were saying how Netflix have to be careful about how how much of this kind of backstreet content that they kind of keep. They, I mean, I think Netflix has developed you know a fairly good kind of reputation for you know good filmmaking and and mm. good good TV series. And um, if you have if you have Bright and then now you have uh, Cloverfield, no, no spoilers for our, our review. <laughs> Um, so you know, I personally didn't hate it, but you know, if people are not always going to be clicking on on these these new things on Netflix, if they continue to be you know of subpar quality, mm. where you know in the past there's been some fantastic straight to Netflix TV, um, you know, uh, straight to t- straight to Netflix Netflix original content in terms of films. Um, Mud uh, Mudbound that uh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but it has been nominated for I think best supporting actress at the mm. Oscars. So you're starting to get films. Well, like what that. was the, what was the film um, about the kind of African drug lords? Um, the yeah, Beast of No Nation was was really good, and mm. um, there's been you know countless other great great TV shows. So I mean, how many people watch Bright? Like Eleven million. Um, in as far as I know, that was in the first few days. I don't know so what that's, after that how many have tuned in. If you if you think maybe even half of that watched uh, Cloverfield Paradox it's not not doing too badly in terms mm. of how much Netflix paid for it um, but yeah should we jump straight into the um, what, the, the film itself and what yeah, we thought about it that's, that's the context and now we're going into the content itself let's so we were kind of um, we, I think I think it had a bit of a, a positive effect us going to this screening um, which was hosted by like Netflix UK mm-hmm. um, having kind of the directors there and some of the cast and JJ Abrams talk through it I think it kind of warmed us to the film in a way that may not have uh, may not have been the case otherwise but yeah they were talking about the ideas beforehand mm. and I feel like you're consciously looking out for some of those ideas and uh, and what happens over the course of production and things so it does make you a bit n- not it's not biased but you're just kind mm. of open to try and saying now you've heard the director's vision you want to kind of see if you can align with that as the film goes on but so what what did you think coming out of this screening mixed thoughts to say the least uh i thought it was a film that had a lot of potential to it a lot of the ideas uh, which we'll go into in more detail, but a lot of the ideas around paradoxes, around kind of alternate realities, about the possibilities that come with alternate realities, that all some really cool ideas, and it's explored in a great way with one of the main characters, uh, Hamilton, uh, Guggen Mabatharor's character. Um, but it struck me as more, a lot more potential than it did fulfilling that potential, you know, e- uh, executing it in a satisfying way, I thought. A lot of the actors uh, who are quite accomplished people, you know, Daniel Brawl, Guggen Mabathavor, Chris O'Dowd, you know, well-known actors who've got a lot of good sort of material to them, um, were just being given quite sort of exposition-heavy dialogue a lot of the time, quite on-the-nose sort of stuff. It um, it didn't feel like the type of material, you know, that Guggen Mabathavor got in, let's say, uh, Black Mirror or that, you know, all the really funny stuff that Chris O'Dowd would get in IT crowd or something like that it never interesting comparisons <laughs> just um but not um well if you're gonna get Chris O'Dowd I think you know you're not gonna play him for a really mm. dramatic I just felt it kind of didn't use them to their full its fullest potential and uh what the director and kind of J.J. Abrams was saying beforehand about it transitioning from a standard sci-fi film to a Cloverfield film I thought kind of that was really obvious. There's a there's a subplot where that's really clear that it's been jammed in for Cloverfield purposes. There's certain elements that without heavy spoilers, there's a shot at one point, which is so kind of clearly 
saying, oh, just if you were unsure about this is a Cloverfield film. And you're talking about the is. final shot, basically. Well, you know, I possibly might be talking about the final shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the final shot. It's uh, very... Are we going to go into spoiler yeah, territory? Yeah, of or? course we are. I just, we'll just do one a few minutes of non-spoiler territory. But so yeah, yeah. Those, those are my non-spoilery thoughts. But um, what yeah, about you? I'd, I'd agree with a lot you know, a lot of what you just said. I think there was like quite a huge amount of potential within a lot of these storylines. And there were even some kind of quite horrific moments which I didn't actually kind of see coming and were quite, quite fresh in terms of like a science fiction point of view. Mm. And it, it veered quite quickly from kind of almost an alien level kind of type of vibe and and stuff like that and then it went to kind of strange strange comedic moments with with chris o'dowd's, O'Dowd's character and and the, there were some really interesting ideas like they, they kind of hinted at exploring mm. um but then you kind of you you spent very little time on those and then you were quickly onto the next bit of of like of intercontextual material like there was some the stuff on earth which kind of linked to the more grander cloverfield universe if we mm. can call it that um just seemed a little bit disjointed and uh, as you say there was huge amounts of exposition kind of being outlaid and um it was, it was it's interesting really interesting ideas and i i really hoped it kind of pursued those more heavily um i don't think this was a film kind of at ease with itself at all there mm. was there were moments where you, I thought it was going to go straight down the kind of alien-inspired horror, trapped on a trapped on a small ship, which is gradually kind of deteriorating with this kind of beast or kind of uh, otherworldly presence on board. But then it kind of it kind of went away from that and went into kind of different bits and the whole idea of this kind of this paradox affecting affecting these characters in these in kind of really strange ways. Like mm. they were my favorite parts of the film. Um, yeah, no, when it was vi- when it was working on a visual level and things in terms of the uh, arm, uh, there's a bit to do with an arm, with an arm <laughs> that kind of to spoilers, uh, but, um, yeah, there's something to do with an arm and body horror and things like lots that. Of, that. Lots of lots of really kind of quirky body horror, which mm. like um, which I didn't really see coming at all, and I wasn't sure like how how they actually kind of approached that. But there were some really good ideas here, and I think we talked about this earlier about it being kind of initially not being a cloverfield movie and even no. i think even jj abrams said that in the in the q a he said that this you know this was kind of an originally going to be a quite a very different film and then it kind of took on the cloverfield mantra mm. um same as i think 10 cloverfield lane did yeah. originally um that was originally just pictures the kind of psychological thriller done in the claustrophobic house and then eventually became i wish it stayed like that <laughs> where it just suddenly became it in the last 10 minutes where oh yeah the there hasn't been a nuclear bomb outside, but oh, by the way, there are aliens, and then that turned into the last ten minutes of Cloverfield Lane. But uh, yeah, this one you feel it. I think you feel that cross a bit, that divide a bit more between what was there originally and what was potentially added. Yeah, I, in with I, don't, the I didn't hate elements. it as much as like a lot of critics did, but like it was um, not something I particularly want to revisit. Um, had some interesting ideas, you know. It's entertaining, mm-hmm. and I think especially seeing it on. Uh, ironically seeing it on the big screen i think elevated a lot of the kind of body horror kind of parts and the more the more horror type vibes and a, a few shots of the camera kind of meandering around the ship were very kind of alien inspired and i really like those in a way because it, it didn't do it it didn't do it in the terms of copying it was it was kind of an interesting way of doing mm. but then 
experiencing if i just watched that at home on netflix i don't think it would have really you know i don't think it would have affected me as much so especially if you're watching it like it's a bit different if you plug your laptop into the tv and watch it there but let's say you're watching it on laptop or worst case scenario you're there on your mobile phone (laughs) i mean there were were like frequent jump scares i mean like Mm. most of the transitions reminded me of something like the ring or something there were so many kind of jarring jarring like loud screeches that kind of like perpetuated throughout these transitions and uh, I, I, at one point I was re- actually really on edge and I was like oh this is getting quite getting quite good now it's almost kind of transforming into this kind of weird horror mix mm. mixed with like this kind of deep sci-fi which I found really interesting um, and then it kind of abandoned that kind of plot entirely um, but yeah, on that note I think we'll probably dive deeper in so if you're going to proceed past this point be warned um, we're going to dive deeper into the paradox into the paradox now. it's going to get it's going to get quite quite creepy up in here there's going to be a lot of spoilers thrown around and if you haven't seen it i mean uh, just go on netflix and watch it because it's uh, it's there so yeah yeah you now is the time and then you can come back and listen to what we thought about it mm-hmm. yep you absolutely can do that cool. so go away and then come straight back the earth it's gone it's big blue full of angry people keep looking you'll find it God. You, Carl, mentioned whilst we were talking about initial thoughts that the Cloverfield elements of it that kind of came in as production went on were maybe quite intrusive. Do you want to maybe talk a bit about what you found? Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the first first scene of the film is um, is Hamilton's character in in, uh, in a traffic jam with with her, with her husband, um, and it and. It just seemed very jarring whenever you jump back to Earth, and it came, it seemed very disconnected. And you have the you have the whole, the storyline of him kind of rescuing that that girl from just, who's just screaming something. I, I can't remember exactly what she's screaming. And they go to this bunker, which kind of almost reminded me of uh, of, of Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, I thought for a minute they might actually somehow oh, end up to your bunker. Yeah. Oh, this is a bad place to be, man. Oh, John Goodman's like yeah. chasing these. <laughs> <laughs> this woman around. We'll, okay, we'll take the next bunker along. We'll go to eleven go to, Cloverfield. Go to eleven Cloverfield. Yeah, this, this one's horrible. He's just, yeah, he's, just like, he's just roaming around in his like radiation suit. Have, have this whole anthology just themed around this like apocalyptic neighbourhood where you go to each house each and it's bunker. kind of. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that in a way. I was like, oh no, you picked the wrong, you picked the wrong place to go. Yeah. Um, but like you know, they 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 go there and then you you don't really get much more from them apart from the odd kind of phone call and te- oh, texting his mate who works wherever he works like NASA or something and uh, like begging him to stop uh, yeah. Hamilton coming back down at the end which was comically comically strange like it's like you, the thing is you don't really understand the scale I don't think of how bad this kind of alien invasion is because mm. you know in the first Cloverfield it's predominantly New York isn't it yes yeah and you don't, do you, is it like a global thing I mean, I've not seen it in so long. I can't remember like the scale of it. I don't think it's depicted as global. I think um, maybe even communications go down, so they don't know what's going on outside of the city. Yeah. So it's a very kind of, you know, insulated uh, incident, which they don't know. Yeah, they think it's isolated. I mean, just the shot of that um, escape pod kind of going to back towards the earth. It looks like most of the the earth is reddened with a dark cloud. So maybe it's like mm. a global thing, but who knows? But it just that kind of kind of film really kind of it, it was it kind of it was strange the kind of how paradoxical it was in a way that no, no pun intended no, no pun intended that how like those those that kind of alien disaster new york kind of film were interjected with the kind of very kind of isolated 
kind of intense spaceship drama like it, mm. it just for me the inter like i feel like it would have been a better film if you just didn't have that maybe it, it would have been even more powerful if you maybe had a, a few hints or what was going on down below but you never actually saw it um and i i just felt that like it would have been a far greater film if we spent more time developing those characters on the ship because mm. we got very little apart from the kind of national stereotypes the germans kind of <laughs> you know efficient but like quite cold and you've mm. got like the chinese woman who exclusively speaks chinese or technical Man- mandarin whiz, that sort technical of... whiz but like depicted as quite a strong female character until she gets iced um <laughs> and she's the yes, one who kind literally. of solves, solves the issue of the condensation so she gets everything working but she ultimately doesn't survive and mm. the, chris the, o'dowd there for comic relief he's the an comic relief character. irish guy <laughs> probably likes a drink and he gets his you know, the whole <laughs> There's the whole arm debacle, which I must admit did get quite a few laughs from our screening mm. um, with the kind of the physical kind of humour of the arm roaming around the ship or in the, in the cage, but nothing really came of that. Um, and then it just... Well, it you... started writing, didn't it? Or whatever, that was all kind of... Oh, yeah, it started writing. I, that was, I really liked the bit where it wrote and then they discovered that the uh, the gyro was in the, the guy's chest. Yeah, um, that was not something cool... I saw coming, but that, that, that was the kind of the bits I really liked from this film, how... They're like the the ship is just making things go really weird and mm. like I think even JJ Abrams was saying that this film is is really weird and it's like he he kind of uh, compared the Cloverfield films in in general as like a, as like a thrill ride or like a roller coaster yeah um, yeah which you can certainly which see I here. which I got definitely got from certain points and like I I wanted the film to be even weirder I wanted like weird stuff to start happening on that ship and it but what you said about like the gyro being in the guy's chest that, that's really and cool I didn't see that coming and no. it was um, and the worm stuff was really cool and I wanted I wanted this ship to start messing with this crew like I wanted this ship to start maybe not even have the character uh, the blonde haired characters Jensen Jensen like I mean it, it was kind of inevitable that she'd become like this big bad evil presence by the end like there were so many menacing shots close up like staring at her and mm. um, they could have done more with her like in more kind of paranormal ways I think um, but like yeah finding her in within the ship which she kind of magically survives and all those bits I thought oh god it's going to really ramp up now and it's mm. going to be like this is where the real meat of the film is going to be or this, this, this ship is just messing with them could have people um, like randomly sort of teleport you know teleported about shifted about the ship kind of and for, or finding stuff attached to their body parts yeah like, like, like that, that stuff would have been like, akin to some stuff you've seen in like Who before when you mm. know when Amy and Rory are, Rory are trapped in the TARDIS the Doctor's wife yeah, yeah in Doctor's Wife that there's some really cool bits and it messes with time and it makes mm. it quite powerful at certain points and I thought this is a perfect opportunity to like really mess with like time and space or maybe have two two of the ships collide in a, in a, in a more better fashion or almost have reality like fight against the ship getting back and things yeah. you know uh, the ship get progressively more absurd and the things it throws at them to try and stop them from getting back you, you could have just got rid of all of the scenes on the earth mm. and had all the like that dead end and, and i'd rather have that time be better spent really messing with this crew mm. or in establishing the kind of chemistry beforehand you know the best thing about the original alien is how it spends a, a lot of time before you even see the alien and it spends so much time establishing the kind of the crew's banter like how they're just like ordinary guys and stuff and before they even touch down on the planet yeah you know, there's, there's, there's like there's a good 20 minutes there's about half an hour before they touch down on the planet and there's mm. so much going on there and then this film could have done a lot more of that Absolutely, I think it definitely could have exploited some of the relationships a bit better. Obviously, the uh, German, uh, the German character uh, Daniel Brawls and uh, the, uh, let's say, the Chinese sort of tech whiz character, um, they clearly had a bit of 
history with each other and things of almost as these outcasts and things because of wars going back on mm. uh occurring back on the earth and you know there would have been an interesting dynamic there to exploit a bit more so than them just keeping secrets from the rest of the rest of the crew you know that's a interesting interplay and kind of what that could have meant for the crew's relationships and you know there's uh people were naturally suspicious of a of a you know german character because of the war is going so explore that a bit more in relation to all the crazy stuff going on as a yeah. as a result of the different there were, there were, kind, of, there were kind of hints to this geopolitical kind of landscape down mm. on earth but we don't you know as an audience we don't know what really what's going on down there and as a result it kind of just petered out and we don't know like we kind of got the sense that germany is there's oil wars and and stuff like that and it's all going going off down there but there, there was more that they could have done with that and it, it also reminded me of kind of um they could have played it more like the thing like um how maybe one of them got not infected but they could have played on um one of them there was so much more they could have played on i suppose the they kind of are acting as if jensen's almost the infected in, was... the, in the way of the sense of her being this sort of antagonist behind the scenes that you don't realize until later but on her her motivation for like betraying and just killing everyone was quite weak i felt i mean like what, what even was it it was i can like, say that's <laughs> because that was part of my confusion a bit is so originally on her version of this um the cloverfield which i think is the name of the ship is the cloverfield uh went down into the sea didn't it, it crash landed in the sea uh, and so their hope for saving their own planet faded and i think she wanted to use this version of the cloverfield take it back to her earth and use it to fix what their version didn't almost that was the sense i got that she needed to use the technology of this yeah. ship to fix their earth because yeah, their earth was so, in trouble somehow so like she i guess she was trying to kill off the crew because they wanted to return to their universe but she wanted to stay here and use this f- free energy free whatever technology and to... was trying to manipulate hamilton into going and seeing her family down on so her, she could uh... join her yeah um, something, something but like her that. motivations were so kind of if we're having to work this I... hard for starters to get the motivations then that's probably not a great it just like that third act in general just came a bit weird as like crew after crew members started dying and I had mm. no real like, attachment to them and that's fine like you don't have to build the attachment like like something like Alien does but it, if you're going to just kill them off at will in kind of creative ways they could have done more with that I feel mm. and just really kind of amped up the weirdness and there's even that big that, that close up of the football table football table yes. um, where yeah. it just go, it starts going mental and it starts spazzing out and all this stuff and then I was like, oh, so there's some supernatural beast among us. There's mm. a there's a there's a creature among the crew that's going to start like attacking them. But that's never even explained. Was it kind of seismic disturbances <laughs> causing this? Was it was it was is it Jensen the name of the character? Yes. Was it was it her just going around just like playing it? Like, <laughs> like, like, Do you know what would be really cool if I just, if anyone's watching CCTV right now? This is gonna like um, completely like, I, got, yeah, I don't really know what that was. It, 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 there were so many bits that yeah, it was a kind of weird amalgamation. This film of, of a few sci-fi concepts, and then it had the Cloverfield stuff kind of chucked in there for 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 banter for banter yeah um um but i, I kind of focus on the bits i didn't like i mean i felt like the cast as a whole were quite good in terms of they were i thought they were trying to do their best to elevate what was a kind of a quite a basic script 
yeah, I'd say they were trying to do their best with the material they they were given there, whether it was like you say, whether it was exposition or whether it was trying to give a bit more depth to characters who could have like you say be seen as these nationalist archetypes and things. It was trying to give a bit more depth to them, and some of them I found more successful than others. But I thought they were generally strong performances. Uh, I thought, would you agree, Gugu Mbatha Raw? I thought was the standout of the film as as Hamilton. She was, but she was also the only character that really had any kind of development given mm. to her. She had the whole husband storyline, the the kids kind of thing, and um, yeah, I thought she was very good in this actually. Um, but I feel it's a little unfair on the rest of the cast who had very kind of little to do. Yeah, um, yeah, you can't magically add, you know, unless your director is going to let you ad lib everything. You can't ad ad lib whole new scenes which give you more depth as a character. You've got to yeah, work she, with what's there. Yeah, a strong, a strong, strong lead performance as mm. a whole probably carried the film. And I must say, I wasn't at no point in this film was I bored. Like, I, I don't know, you might disagree with that. No, yeah, I don't think I was bored at any point. I was just I say frustrated by lost potential but I, I was always inv- invested in some way whether it was through her arc you know through her arc trying to come to terms with you know with losing losing her family and the prospect of of getting it back and then the prospect of the almost the greater good taking over that sort of role um that kept me invested enough and like you say some of the sci-fi concepts did even if the storyline as a whole and the kind of uh unevenness of it, it it was more frustrating than it was boring i'd say mm. at any point but there were it was just a bit of a missed opportunity i think to kind of really ramp up the weirdness and i think this could have even been a really interesting cult classic if they'd really just ramped up the, the kind of weirdness and I, I, I wanted kind of like kubrick levels kind of weird stuff mm. like, like some parts of the shining like i want some really weird stuff happening in this film and I want. I I actually would have loved it if this film had ended on a really pessimistic note, and the 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 ship just like kills them all, and you end. Yeah, with... like the inverse of what uh, Space Odyssey, how that turns yeah, out. Yeah, I, I really wanted it to kind of just go right, like really weird, and just kind of ignore the Cloverfield elements. Yeah, maybe just one news report saying that. I mean, it's it's enough that this para- this machine has caused the paradox. Like mm. that, that's enough to link it to the Cloverfield films, and then you could have. You know, endless debates with other fans about oh I wonder did this cause the aliens to come or mm. like I mean that's that's that as a narrative thread that works enough as it is and then you could have just done it as a really weird film in the same way that Cloverfield Lane was a fantastic fi- like isolated film by itself and then mm. I mean it's kind of ruined by potentially by the last 10 minutes um, but I had such a good time with that film in terms of how kind of it was you know on a very basic level just very kind of you know there was what three main characters yeah three main characters and for a lot of it just the two couple main of characters rooms, yeah. one yeah and just a couple couple of rooms and it was just i remember the tension in that as we were sitting there in the audience and you just every moment wondered what was going to happen next particularly as the main sort of female character was on the run from mm. from john goodman's it's just and that's what you could have and you could have had elements of that in this film but at some points it just felt like gravity like oh no the, the ring's out of control we need to go and then it's like the the brave captain who stands by and ah, gra- so it's in gravity i didn't know if you meant the the concept or the film no, the film um, the film not the concept were you I not mean, a big fan of gravity out of curiosity no i really or... like gravity you know know what it wanted to do and, and did it well mm. um whereas this film i thought has a bit of a, a crisis of identity it's kind of sometimes it was alien sometimes it was gravity maybe sometimes the thing kind of mm. concepts to it and things there was so many different ideas it was peddling at once and it couldn't and cloverfield elements as well that it couldn't 
latch on to any specific and didn't, one. Didn't the director say that initially there wasn't that much of Earth, but then didn't his daughter or son watch a screening? Something like that. And then that, he was the like, test audience that they had. And they had a test audience and they kept asking, oh, what's happening on Earth? Um, and, then, and just they maybe just did it on one screening and I thought, oh, okay, we'll add more then. Mm. Um, but like, you know, from a narrative point of view, it, it kind of just petered out into nothing really. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There was, um, there, there was more, more you could have done. Um, but you know, it was a visually quite a visually striking film. There were some really good shots. Mm. The whole stuff with the the hand reminded me of kind of like Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. So in in some ways, it was quite funny. Um, they 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 actually evoked quite a, quite a good reaction from our audience. Mm. Um, don't know why they're our audience, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the audience we were with. Um, and there was the, the kind of the yeah. There should have been more gore. It should have been like a eighteen plus gore fest. I I don't know. No, I don't, I'm not, I'm I, don't, I, don't, I'm I don't. I don't mind the visual. Like there was a quite a cool death that was t- to do with um, uh, when that girl was getting frozen. The ice one. Yeah, yeah, the ice kind that of, was of fantastic, drowning actually. in the water and then getting frozen. That's a great kind of that. That looks amazing. And yeah, like fantastic. like you were saying, if you're not invested in the characters, at least play a bit more on those kind of visually inventive deaths. And I thought that was great. I thought the set design. I thought the set design really reminded nice. me of quite reminiscent of uh, the ship in in the ship in Alien in some ways mm. the name of which escapes me uh, right now is it Nostromo? yeah might be, I was thinking of Silaco for a second oh okay I think. yeah and I think in, you might in, be in right. Alien or Aliens uh, Alien I think Alien, I I think Alien is Nostromo Nostromo yeah. yeah just it reminded me a bit of that sort of really claustrophobic there were, there, were, there were a lot of shots where it kind of the cameras meandered like around like mm. it skulked around and that's where I thought this film would culminate in Jensen's character actually being just nice and and not being evil. I thought sort of a that, red herring. I thought that would be a bit of a red herring, and then I thought that there'd, there'd be this kind of supernatural presence, um, which you know doesn't always work. It's a bit of a trope that's kind of been extended since the eighties. Mm. Um, so I'm not necessarily like devastated they didn't do that, but there there was more more they could have done. Um, it's almost as if it was so keen at sometimes to. Uh, maybe this reminds me of the Last Jedi episode slightly, but so keen to subvert all these tropes, but at the same time, when you're still doing all the tropes from all the other films, and it makes makes the film into a bit of a collage of tropes. In some ways, you it's a bit of a kind of vicious circle that by trying to get away from the tropes, you actually hit them. So I'm not, yeah. Did, did you walk away from this wanting another kind of Cloverfield film? I mean, I guess the issue is that you never know what you're going to get with these. You don't, and that's, that's both kind of the issue and something liberating as well. I suppose is that yeah. you never totally. If you told me after Cloverfield Lane that we were going to get a, you know, claustrophobic sci-fi, uh, sci-fi based, um, sort of thriller slash horror with, um, you know, really out there concepts, and I'd be like, okay, okay, that's that's different. It's not what I would have expected you to do after Cloverfield Lane, but that's cool. So. I think I read somewhere that there's a film called Overlord that's coming out later this year and it's about this World War II platoon who uh, go to uh, capture some, get some hostages back um, and they're going into a German camp but then supernatural forces have sort of come and caused havoc with the soldiers which could be supernatural forces being the Cloverfields of aliens and monsters and that that will probably get renamed at some point but 
right now it's called Overlord. It's due out in October time. Um, oh, do you think it will be a Cloverfield movie? It, yeah, there's a lot of talk that it's again it's executive produced by Abrams, I think. And oh. there's talk about even if it's let's say delayed to early next year, so you don't have two Cloverfield films in one year. That that might be the next some World War Two supernatural. That would be thriller. interesting. I feel like. We were discussing this earlier about how kind of restrictive this film, these kind of films could be. But if you kind of mess around with the time period, mm. I mean, there's um, you could yeah, you could do a really good historical kind of historical but kind of wacky kind of um, like World War Two film. Um, mm. Well, then it begs the question of when did the aliens actually first invade? Almost kind of there's that yeah, I mean, question the, of the, the paradox. The big, the big scary like trademark Cloverfield alien monster isn't that particularly scary there's never been i mean in the first one was the kind of the found footage trope which kind of elevated it a bit but mm. there's nothing scary about those huge um those huge monsters i mean um what's his face's character in cloverfield lane was far more menacing to me than mm. like, these monsters have ever been so the, the final shot of this paradox movie where like you just have this massive thing like i was just like okay then like it just seemed like so out of place like because they themselves don't seem like kind of the kind of, same kind of supernatural horror-y kind of things we were getting throughout the film mm. and it just seemed like they were in there for the, the banter like they, they could have had it without that you could have just had the, the ship falling to earth without maybe I don't know maybe like I would have liked it maybe if the, if the husband and and the small child had been like, like brutally murdered, and you yeah, shot I, that. I thought you, I thought that was where when they were screaming like "Don't come back," I figured something was going to happen to them. So that Maybe ironically, you, see, like, you have one shot of the phone just like dialing or something, just to indicate that they've been killed. Just mm. so you don't need like it's more of a it's more of a sh- it's, it's telling the audience rather than showing the audience not to come back because you don't know they probably fall into the middle of like an ocean somewhere mm. from the pod, um, kind of the inverse of gravity where. Yeah. Um, where the main character in Gravity sort of came out and was like, oh, you know, I'm sa- uh, Sandra Bullock's character came out and was like, oh, I'm safe, you know, I'm back on dry, dry land. And here, you know, you can have Gugum and Beth and Roar's character go, oh, I'm safe, and then look up and then just have the aliens kind of in the sky. More, that would have been much more interesting because they, like, it would they could have elevated the stuff on the ship and then they finally escaped, just mm-hmm. like, um, I'd, I'd liken it to kind of the end of Alien when... Um, Sigourney Weaver's just chilling, like um, on the escape pod. Yeah, on the escape pod, like yeah. it's all good. Like you think it's all fine, and then and then you and then she sees sees the alien, mm. um, and then they could have done that here, where they got they're like, oh yes, we're back on back on the earth. We finally escaped all that, and then had a really kind of weird incident just to end the film on. It's like, oh god, like what is this hellish world we've unleashed? Mm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, I think there were a few missed opportunities throughout the film, but I, I had an okay time of it, and I think especially because we watched it in a cinema in some nice hotel it kind of elevated the experience somewhat <laughs> i'm assuming the wine you had before kind of uh, made the experience a bit better oh obviously yeah that yeah. had a huge impact <laughs> but i hadn't had that glass of wine beforehand uh god love those freebies um it's uh it's yeah i i don't know how i would have responded to it watching it on a laptop or a mobile phone screen I or something even, like that i may have even tabbed or changed i may have i don't think i know if i would have got through it all in one session also, yeah, I could see of ha- or having another t- yeah having tab another open. tab open whilst I was doing it at least with the cinema cinema kind of format it did force us to kind of sit there and watch it and take it all in and take in all the plot developments that were that were happening that you might not when you're when you're watching something on Netflix unless you've got it on the TV. Um, so I don't yeah I don't regret watching it in the sense of the ideas it raised and the 
decent, like I say, performances, particularly from Mbappé Raw, but uh, it does, yeah, it strikes me as a big missed opportunity, and if Paramount did choose to uh, sell it, you know, sell it onto Netflix because they weren't confident with it, I can sort of understand why they did that, because it, yeah, compared to Cloverfield, and particularly compared to 10 Cloverfield Lane, seems like a real step down that they need to recover from, personally. And it was it was kind of just difficult to... They could have even played more on the fact that there was, like, this other ship out there with Jensen mm. that they'd escaped from, and maybe they had, like, a, they started merging with the, the ship or, or in that way, or they could have had the, the parallel crew coming to try and kill them, or, or something like that could have made it a bit more dramatic rather mm. than the frequent kind of quick transitions that were loud bangs and stuff which were kind of trying to get a jump scare out of the audience but uh, for a lot of the film it was hard to tell what was even real and what wasn't and then as a result you couldn't really care about most of the lives of the crew but no. I'd still I'd still recommend um, to anyone who likes sci-fi I'd, I'd recommend a, a decent watch of it just uh, maybe it's free on Netflix so um, yeah I'd, just, I'd recommend just sitting there don't pay too much attention to it because it doesn't, doesn't deserve your full, your full attention. I what, what a ringing endorsement of the film. <laughs> don't pay too much attention to it. It doesn't deserve that. I mean, that. you can if you want. Like, it, it, um, it wasn't like a failed movie. Like It was a decent movie. I'd probably give it like a 6.5 out of 10 or something like that. It, it was fine. Sure. I, I had a good time with it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I would recommend it, I think, to people who are following the Cloverfield sort of series because I think down the line kind of you if you want to try and get a coherent narrative about the Cloverfield series you're gonna need this possibly ironically as almost your starting point I think this is where you start and then it's up to you what order potentially you tackle Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane I don't know I think you could watch them in any order really yeah I think actually the first one would lend itself maybe most well, you can maybe, maybe kind of and then this yeah. one is like a step back almost kind of to give you the because this isn't right you know a film can start off with an alien invasion without telling you where as paradox kind of does where the aliens come from that is absolutely fine to do it that way i would but as i said recommend it in that sense of see the next step in the cloverfield series that's cool and particularly if you've got a netflix subscription it's not costing you anything more for me it would be closer to the 4 out of 10 mark I've, oh that bad yeah I didn't like I say lot, lot of great potential some really talented actors in there trying their best with the material and some great set design but just too many of those ideas just got wasted down the line and it feels so sort of tonally sort of imbalanced mm. with co- comedy versus Cloverfield versus the you know wacky sci-fi horror elements so. even had a, a great appearance from gotham's own harvey bullock as the uh it the did conspiracy theorist or not um, who very subtly was going well you, you've got no idea what um opening <laughs> initially up it was probably about do. three minutes long and it had like a shot of him shot mm. of the crew like getting a bit weird and then one of them like turned that off and it's like do we need this kind of expedition it's another thing where the film was kind of telling the audience what was happening rather than showing them like mm. you would have got that this I mean, it, audiences aren't stupid. You'll get that this kind of machine, which is meant to provide clean, free energy, is you know is dangerous. You could have shown that by having the, the, the weird happenings of the crew, but instead you spend three minutes of the film with this guy going, "Look, it's um, it's going to be the end of the world. It's going to be like a paradox," and, it, <laughs> and it's and it's just that you don't need that. Um, and that's almost like a it almost illustrates the film as a whole that so much exposition was was needless was need was not needed um yeah yeah there would have been ways of getting around it or just yeah dial back the script a little bit don't focus so much on the exposition leave stuff up to the imagination mm. a bit more and let those visual concepts that you're doing with 
you know, body horror with kind of blooming worms bursting out of people's chests and things. Let that speak for itself in terms of the horrible consequences of this decision to try and save the earth rather than, let's say, having Harvey Bullock there for three <laughs> minutes telling you about what you're going to see for the next hour. And can so. you 3D print a working gun? Like, I know this is the oh, future. Oh, God, yeah. But, like, I mean, I did research into this a while ago because, I mean, one of our assignments years ago was... At uh, university, was yeah. Around, I, don't know if it was, I don't know if it was mine, but I think someone else another another assignment was about this issue mm. and i don't think you're capable i mean we're taking liberties a bit this is science fiction so i guess you can but are there, aren't there like limits it doesn't the 3d printer shouldn't it have like it shouldn't be able to print a gun like among a crew of very highly charged separate national identities that they can just print a gun at will i mean is that a thing because they're all clever people they're all scientists mm. um, you'd assume that they would all know how to do that, so I don't know. That's another another strange another strange thing that yeah. seemed like a bit of a plot device, literally being printed in front of me. I did wonder about that whether, but then, yeah, I don't know. It struck me as a bit of a reach that you would need a gun, you know, a gun up there. I suppose it's done as an emergency kind of. Let's say the technology does exist by then, an emergency. If something goes wrong, and you know someone for whatever reason turns rogue on the ship, then this is a potential. But you would think like you'd have a lot more security protocols yeah. than just typing in one code, and it makes a, yeah. a, a like going to a. So it must be like a preset, preset like configuration mm. that 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 was made. So yeah, it's an interest, interesting one. Another one that's those strange kind of. This film doesn't bear very close inspection. No. Ever, and you, you can endlessly debate little bits of this film and how they don't really make sense. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably leave it there. Um, <laughs> Before we start <laughs> getting into the point of you're, you're, well, you're welcome to, uh, you know, obviously go, go, uh, go watch it again and, and dissect those interesting scenes. And tell us in the comments section what what we missed. And yeah, uh, Maybe you loved it. Maybe we're, you know, maybe we're wrong. And if you want to get in touch with us as always it's facebook.com slash cultiverse it is or it's uh, twitter which is uh, at cultiverse cast mm-hmm. um, yeah so yeah please uh, continue to send lovely messages on there tell us what you want us to cover any questions you want covered anything like that and we'll bring them up in the next podcast cool fantastic okay guys so I think that's yeah we'll see you in another done. two months yeah <laughs> hopefully a little bit less than that <laughs> this time but if not uh, see you in April <laughs> <laughs>